how I started my copywriting career. Um, yeah, so it's really ironic and just like full circle of how it's all come together is I knew I was a really good writer. I always got really positive feedback um, and I it's a passion I wanted to pursue, but I just didn't know how to like make it work. Um, and so eventually I saw... I like Googled it, right? Cause that's what you do when you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, I got hit with a bunch of ads for copywriting courses. And I was like, okay, I think this is for me. Like, I think I, I really can see myself doing this. And so I clicked the ad. I like went through the funnel. I bought the course. I did it. Um, started getting experience and then found that like, I really love helping course creators. And so now I love doing the copywriting for, you know, the whole funnel from ad to, you know, emails to sales page. Um, because I'm proof that like, it works, like it really can transform a person's life. Like I changed my whole career um, based on this, this copywriting course that I, I took. And so I just, yeah, really believe in the power of, of coaching and courses and just, um, with you, when you really like are able to speak, the messaging speaks to the right mm -hmm. person. Um, it can be super powerful. So I'm, I'm thrilled to um, be able to now do that for other people now as a copywriter. <clears throat> wow. That's awesome. And you know, just curious that I think a lot of people are trying to enter into copywriting and one major thing they are trying to find, figure out is that what's the base skill? Like, you know, uh, in my perspective, I think uh, a good English knowledge would be a great thing if you're writing for English. Uh, mostly, you know, people are into copywriting uh, for English creators or whatever. Uh, do you think it's the same thing or do you have any of the base skill that people should have uh, to start with? Yeah. Um, so really, it's a lot of psychology. <laughs> um, like if I feel like people like if people were going to major in something like in college or university, they think like they should be an English major or creative writing major. And like, yeah. really, like really not, not really. <laughs> that should not be what you're you're going for. I think I, mm -hmm. if I had to do it all over again, knowing what I know now, mm -hmm. um, psychology is super helpful. Uh, like, you know, understanding the buyer psychology and where people are at. Um, taking a class on becoming like a therapist or a counselor was one of the most helpful things I did. Um, I had no intention of doing that with my career, but it just opened my eyes so much. To, um, really like more empathy and how people mm -hmm. think um, and how to really relate to people and like to write good copy. That's what you need to do. And do it in a way that's ethical and not taking advantage of people and manipulating people with your words because copywriting is so powerful and mm -hmm. it can be used for better or for worse. And I want to really want to make sure that it's used for better. Understood. I think that's an interesting take because I think a lot of people would definitely buy uh, copywriting courses. And I don't think a lot of courses mention <clears throat> anything about, you know, you should know about uh, have empathy. I think that word is something a lot of co courses might not have. They'll just tell you that uh, there are tools out there you know, to write great headlines. They have an overview of, okay, this is what you need to do. But yeah, I think that's a pretty interesting take uh, for the copywriters to move forward with. Awesome. So uh, basically, yeah, sure, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to agree that like it needs to be <laughs> out there more because you're right. It's not and it's very, mm. I don't know, kind of like bro marketing, <laughs> as, as they say, and like just kind of like trying to be persuasive and trying to go for the sale. And like, yes, ultimately, you obviously do want to make sales. That's the end goal. But if you do it 
in, you know, an ethical and an empathetic way, yeah. you're going to get better sales and more aligned people. And then people are just going to come word of mouth because you're getting the right people in your programs. Understood. Understood. Yeah. That makes sense. And you know, um, this is so I think a lot of people would be uh, really plucking their heads off because uh, there are ways that people can understand what is the difference between content writing and copywriting. The reason being is that mm-hmm. copywriter get paid a lot because I'll just tell you one small instance. I don't remember the name of the guy, but there's this guy on Instagram, uh, some, some Jason, I don't know what his name was. So he was talking a lot about copywriting, you know, back in, I think, 2017 or something uh, where, where, you know, how that would be a million dollar business. And Dan Loke was there. I, I remember that guy, you know, mentioning a lot of this copywriting and stuff. So uh, but they never mentioned something called co- content writing. I mean, but, you know, we in my company where we hire people, content writers. But uh, what's the major difference, do you think, that copywriting and content writing? Yeah, so a lot of. People use them interchangeably and they're not. (laughs) Um, A lot of copywriters are also content writers, um, but copywriting is really what sells. um, Mm. Whereas content writing is more of informing, educating, entertaining, um, instructing like a how-to article, something Mm. like that. Um, And of course there is some overlap, but copywriting is really more correlated to the sale i like it be better because it uses the data it's more measurable um and there are some measurable things about content writing as well but um but it's really like more direct with copywriting more direct with the sale at least so for example like content would be like blogs or ebooks white papers things like that whereas copywriting is more like ads emails and sales pages understood so i think copywriters will be paid uh more right rather than content writing in, in most of cases? In most cases, yes, because you can make the argument more directly for, well, here's the ROI you would hmm. get, you know, if so, so typically um, a copywriter, yeah, would make more. Understood, understood. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, you know, just entering into this uh, overview of main contents or, you know, copies that people ask for is this blogs or sales page or landing page for all that matter. Uh, just want to touch upon this factor that uh, I think blog writing is kind of extremely saturated. I mean, there are like literally, I think I read a stat saying that it's like 44 point some million blogs are being published every single day on the web. So that's like oh, wow. a, a huge amount. I mean, I, I don't know how much of that is true, but I think still some level of million blogs will definitely be published every single day. Uh, but to stand out in case, you know, as a copywriter or content writer for that matter, uh, how do you think you would approach? Uh, just to touch points, uh, you know, that would be great. Yeah, so for blogs, I don't, I mean, you can look at anything and feel like, oh, it's so saturated. Oh, there's no room for me. It's like a very common imposter syndrome type of feeling. But the truth is, there's only one of you and there's people who are going to very directly connect with you and your personality and your experiences and your background. Um, so like I'm a, a copywriter and there's, you know, a million other copywriters out there. Um, but I tend to attract people who are just similar to me. They um, are also moms. Um, you know, they have kids, they maybe were formerly teachers and then turned into some sort of entrepreneurship um so they mirror my story in some aspect or another or like they also do yoga or were an athlete um or things like that so um i think 
sharing bits and pieces of your personality um, mm -hmm. in your copy or in your blog writing helps attract the, the right people to you and the people that share your values. Um, and it really makes room for so that you're kind of like in a category of, of one or like you are in a category mm -hmm. of your own rather than feeling like you're one of 44 million people out there trying to do the same thing. Um, so I think incorporating your personality is first and foremost, like so important just to align your values with your readers and attract the right people. Um, and then another thing you, that's really important is like for blogs, doing the SEO, like keyword mm -hmm. research um, is really powerful uh, to make sure that you get seen um, and just, you know, get leads while yeah. <laughs> people are searching for you and you don't have to post on social media or, you know, more outbound, like it's more inbound rather than outbound. Um, mm -hmm. People are coming to you rather than you reaching out to people. Um, and so I have over the years just created swipe files for like hooks and how to start a blog, um, CTAs to use mm -hmm. and customizable frameworks for like each different like type or different styles of blogs, like mm -hmm. more of like an article or a how to, um, a listicle, ask the ask expert, things like that, like different types of blogs just to like vary it up, um, and make it faster to write. Because I think writing can take up so much of our time and yeah. there's always more copy and content writing than that than people expect they're like oh yeah i can do that i can do that and like they can do it and they're probably maybe they even enjoy writing and they're good at it but that still does not necessarily mean that it's the best place for you in your yeah. business you know mm -hmm. if you're a coach uh, you need to be coaching um not spending your time necessarily always writing so i feel like a lot of my clients like they're great copywriters and of themselves that's why they've had the success that they have but it's time like their brain power their creativity can't be split between their clients and and their marketing so i kind of like download their <laughs> brain so to speak and speak and write in their voice so that it's seamless and the readers don't know that it's someone else doing the yeah. writing um and i love it because it's fun to like so deeply connect with someone to the point where like i'm just I'm, I'm writing in their voice, in their personality. Um, and I just kind of consume all of their blogs, content, videos, mm -hmm. stories, posts, YouTube, like whatever it is that they put out, I just consume all of it so that I can seamlessly like take on their authentic voice. Understood. I think, I think a lot of people actually do this because, uh, you know, big brands mainly, I don't, I don't think they would have, uh, you know, their own words. I mean, like quotes or anything, I think the thought leaders would be saying that, but other than all the tips and tricks and all the things, I think, you know, someone else has to write, but, and I think you gave a little, you know, clarity on how to do that also, like, you know, to listen to everything, what they're saying and, you know, listen to their videos or podcasts or whatever that they did, that would also give them a better idea. Um, but uh, just curious, since you have worked in funnels and everything as well, how much do you think blogs will actually generate uh, with the lead perspective? Do you think people still running ads on blogs for generating leads, uh, even it's B2B or B2C, whatever for that matter? Do you think people are still using that for it? I feel like it's kind of ebbed back and forth of like blogs were really popular, like 10 years ago and then it was kind of like not so much and that like social media kind of took over and then I feel like the trend is now trending back towards blogs because people are sick of like having to show up every day and they just want to live their life without like having to yeah. publicize it to everybody um 
And I think the appeal of SEO is really strong that you can just create something once and it lives forever and it attract mm-hmm. it's evergreen. Like it attract it can attract people for as long as you know Google exists. Yeah. Um, and so that's really appealing of like you're not constantly churning out content mm-hmm. that lives for like 24 minutes or you know whatever the algorithm yeah. is <laughs> um on social media like it's going to live for years um yeah. on on google and um it also helps you serve people better because when you understand the keyword research for the search engine optimization like you know what people are asking about mm-hmm. and you can then use your expertise to give them the answers that they're looking for mm-hmm. rather than just guessing or trying to use your intuition or speaking from your own experience, but really like applying your experience to exactly what they want to know. um, Mm. Then you can serve them at a higher level. Understood. And I think uh, because one thing I tried is that uh, while running ads, the quality of the leads uh, sometimes, you know, based on, you know, whoever is reading that might come because and moreover, I think a lot, a lot of people will fully read the blog because uh, I'm actually a content manager in my company. And then, you know, I have a group of writers who does all these things. I genuinely, I don't know whether people fully read the blog, you know, from end to end. I mean, they would definitely read the H2s and H3s. That's definitely for sure. Yeah. But they would read the full blog entirely, something that I've always considered. But when we got leads from the box, I was like, okay, fine. We are getting leads. Then I think, okay, we should write at least a good thing for the Google at least. You know, because mm-hmm. like Google is like pushing the updates as much as possible. And, you know, we should make use of that. Yeah, I think uh, based on the people's intent and everything, that's like a huge ocean to, uh, you, know, you know, take out of, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. Using like the, the subheadings will help like even the skimmers get through the article, even if (laughs) they don't read it like fully, fully, like they're not, you know, studying it like it's an academic thing, but they're probably like on their phone reading it. Right. So we write to cater to like knowing that our reader, you know, is probably skimming it first. And then Mm -hmm. um, I would use like open hooks as well to just kind of keep their curiosity throughout the article, keep them reading, Mm -hmm. wanting to know more to get to and get to get to the end of it um and then like that's keeping them on the page longer and then boosting your authority like domain authority yeah i i think you know google just constantly says that a few factors like you know this is something that matters and does not matter but uh this is one opinion i had no matter what google says i think ultimately some user coming into your page uh just write for them you know it doesn't matter what google is saying i think ultimately that's a machine who which finds good content, then yeah, it will rank. If people is finding that it will rank. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of people would agree, especially the SEO people. I always had a fight with my SEO people as they will be like, you know, we need to optimize it with keywords and anything. I was like, no, just write what's useful for them. It might work. You know, that's a high possibility. So yeah, I think I think that's a major factor there. <laughs> totally. Awesome. So, um, you know, I think this uh, topic must definitely would have touched you somewhere, you know, uh, probably people would have asked you in LinkedIn or anywhere, uh, this AI writing tools, because, uh, you know, when chat GPT-3 came or Jasper came, everyone was like, oh my God, that's it. Content writers or copywriters, you're done, you're finished. <laughs> All the you know creativity is lost and everything. Uh, but uh, before, you know, I just mentioning my thoughts, please, I would love to let you know if people contacted you or uh, what do you think this future will evolve for the cooperators with the AI and everything? 
Yeah. So yeah, that's like the hot topic right now is AI, what's going to happen? Does that displace the, the copywriters or content writers? And I think the overwhelming, I mean, from what I've experienced of it and, and the feedback I've gotten as well is it's never going to replace a human. Mm -hmm. You cannot replace human creativity. Um, so it's not something to fear, but I think it is something that we can leverage. Um, we can't hide from it. We can't just like bury our heads and pretend this isn't happening. Um, but we can adapt with it and move forward with it and use it as just one of the tools in our pocket to write better copy or content. Mm -hmm. um, so I think just saying, oh, write this. And then like, poof, it appears. Like it doesn't work like that. Like you have to know what prompts to enter. And yeah. uh, like, it's a skill to even be able to use the AI. Um, and then take what it has written. And then there's almost always some, you know, editing to be mm. done. You have to test it um, and then maybe tweak it from there. So it's never just like, you know, like wave the magic wand, poof. Okay. There's, <laughs> here's this like magically converting thing. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't work like that. So it requires humans <laughs> to use it. Um, so it's, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm, I don't know. Like I've not really used it as, and like published from it uh, yet. I don't know. It's like, because what I've been doing with my own creativity, like it's been working, it's been getting results. So I'm like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. So like, I don't want to chase shiny objects, but at the same time, I don't want to miss this opportunity to level up mm -hmm. as well. So um yeah, that's kind of where I, I stand on that for now. And that might change in a couple of months as yeah. this whole thing evolves. But but that's where I'm at right now. Cool. And I think, you know, just to add to that point, I actually use Jasper. I really wanted to try out if that is speeding up the quarter process. But uh, I think as an AI is just evolving it, because, you know, even for Google, uh, after years, you know, after decades, uh, they still kind of get a report saying that, Google, uh, around 30% of people are not satisfied with Google searches. But uh, one SEO mm -hmm. expert said that, you know, maybe they are not searching searching it correct. But you know, considering is as a decade, I think even if you type like what, uh, for example, what copywriting means, then you should understand what is copywriting. So that level, it's it mm -hmm. knows what is the word. So I think the AI will definitely you know, take like a decade or two. But I think uh, with regarding to the uh, change or optimization, so the request that, you know, uh, we ask for another human would definitely uh, lag a lot because more than creativity, you need a uh, connection that if you say something, person should understand, you know, that time itself, <laughs> rather than it's taking mm -hmm. a long time to process and then get a result or something that you don't want to. So, yeah, I think that's, yeah. that's where a lot of people would definitely, uh, you know, ditch AI for now. Uh, the positioning of Jasper has been, is like, they will say, you know, you can write a whole sales page in uh, 20 minutes, but, oh, trust me, that's like, the most uh, worst marketing message that I ever had. I tried it. It's not, you know, working out. So yeah, I think I think it, like you mentioned, it will evolve. Uh, maybe in two months or even in a year or ten years. I think down the line we will definitely get to know about that. Definitely. Wait. So uh, and one point you mentioned, you know, before going into the uh, important part of the recording, I think one point you mentioned is that uh, one of your target audience is like um, 
you know uh, moms at home and you know people who want to you know who turn from teacher to everything um, mm-hmm. so basically i think a lot i interviewed a lot of podcasters podcast managers in my in another one of my podcast and i found that uh, a lot of women out there who are doing podcast management uh, who are starting it so uh, how profitable do you think this niche can be and how sustainable do you think this work can be for them because if there are other lot of people you know who are stay at homes and they just want to explore something they don't want to sit at home you know but they want to do a lot of things so how sustainable do you think this is for them yeah i mean it really is what you make it to be and there's so much just like internal work mm-hmm. to be done of like believing that you're worthy of of doing this and that your writing really is you know good enough and and can get results for people mm-hmm. and just seeing yourself as um like really a partner with the business owner pushing their business forward rather than like oh i'm just a freelancer or like really getting out of that employee mindset of you know i work for so many dollars per hour mm-hmm. kind of a thing but really knowing the value of your offer and having the confidence to be able to mm-hmm. charge accordingly um because i found that like you are a better writer when you're not stressed about paying the bills or when you're being paid like pennies per word um like you're a better writer when you're afforded the margin for creativity because creativity requires some white space um yeah. and some space to think and if you're freaked out about you know paying your rent or your mortgage uh, because you're not being paid enough as a writer then it's just this vicious cycle um and it doesn't work So I think writers really do need to be paid well to produce good writing that's actually going to work for you because just like anything like you get what you pay for yeah. right <laughs> so if you're paying super super cheap then like you might have to expect yeah. to do a lot of edits or not get as high quality of work but if you want someone who's really going to research your voice and your vibe and your you know values and your offer and do it well then that takes time to you know to do so and it takes effort and and just space mm. um to do that and if the client still makes a healthy profit from your services like it's a win-win all around yeah. right so i really believe that that copywriters can and should and need to be be paid well for their words um but too often um from copywriters that i've mentored um a lot of women a lot of moms or want to be moms one day um it really just comes down to confidence and believing in yourself and not letting fear talk you out of it because mm-hmm. so often we think like oh who well who am i to do this or like but i'm just like there's we talk ourselves out of it and give ourselves so many reasons why you know not us or not like it maybe other people but not me and like to really stop playing small to accommodate the fear of other people's expectations because mm-hmm. writing is such a gift and people who love to write like the world needs that gift and yeah. i think especially in this day and age like people really want that authenticity people really appreciate not being sold to and to be able to copyright in a way that sells but doesn't feel like they're being sold to because you're really just attracting the right people and when you yeah. are able to do that with the empathy that we talked about at the beginning um that's so pe- powerful and so sought after um yeah and can really only be accomplished like once you are you're serving from a place of 
being filled up. Mm-hmm. Like I have the time to be with my family, be with my kids and also write. But if I felt like writing was taking me away from, you know, the thing that I love, it would be harder to write really well. Yeah. Um, so being able to create that margin for creativity has been so powerful to really produce good, high quality work and turn it around at, you know, relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to do both of those things. <laughs> um, so it's like, you can either like get a fast turnaround time, get high quality work or get it super cheap, but you can only like, but you can only choose two of those three things. Like you can't <laughs> have all three. So if you want high quality work and a fast turnaround, it's not going to be cheap, but again, mm. you get what you pay for. So if you're really willing to pay and I don't know, like I don't even see it as like you're paying for it or like a high price tag because the ROI always covers it. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like making a profit and then obviously we're, we're getting paid to, you know, do the work that we do writers. So um, I really just see it as a win-win partnership all around. Understood. And as you mentioned, the ROI always pays it. I think, you know, from the client side, I think they always have the way to measure the results. Like, for example, when yeah. you publish the blog, then, you know, whether is he getting traffic or is he optimized, then based on that, they can give feedback and everything to that as, as well. And I think from the client side, they should also provide some level of, uh, you know, clearance or, you know, some, sorry, I mean, clarity that, you know, this is how mm-hmm. it should be done would also be uh, in a better manner. Correct. Awesome. So, uh, is it morning or evening? That uh, what time is it? Um, noon here. Noon. Okay. Cool. So, this is an out of the box question. I always uh, ask my guest. Uh, so, who was actually uh, the first person that you made smile today? Ooh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I have an infant, so as he woke up, <laughs> when he wakes up and I get him out of his crib, he's always waving and uh, smiling at me. So it's it's super sweet and a great way to to wake up. So I'm really enjoying this this stage. <laughs> awesome, yeah, I think that that would be a good morning for him as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Great. So uh, just coming on to the final uh, topic of the recording, I think this is what something that I really got attracted to. And I think a lot of people would definitely uh, love to hear about this, that, you know, writing a sales page, because I think a lot of people really struggle, uh, you know, finding the right words or to make it not more salesy rather than, you know, telling, uh, you know, information and educational content, even in the sales page itself. So, you know, you mentioned that within a few hours, we can write a sales page or landing page. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you, like, you know, how to do that and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's the number one thing I get is like, I can do it, but like, it just takes me forever or, yeah. you know, it just takes so long and their time is better spent doing other things. So to write a sales page quickly, I never start from a bank blank page. I start from what I call, what I've created as, I call it a kickstart. Um, it's like a template, but better. I hesitate to use the word template because I think so many people have such a terrible experience of using templates. And so many clients have come to me saying, Oh, I tried to use this like do it yourself template and it just didn't work. It didn't convert. It didn't sound like me. It's horrible. Like I wish, you know, I could get my money back and then pay didn't have to pay for it. And now I'm paying for, you know, a real copywriter on top of the template. Um and so there's definitely some good templates out there and some bad templates, but it's like, if you talk to a copywriter, like none of us start from blank page. We always start from a template likely that we've created. I don't know. At least I've created all of my own um, just from my experience in my industry. Um, 
And I fill mine with swipe files and examples. So it's more of a customizable framework mm -hmm. so that each client sounds unique and uniquely them in their voice. Um, I think a lot of people offer like the plug and play templates, which mm -hmm. those are the ones I've seen the most complaint and problem with because yes, they're quick and easy, which is what people want, but they don't actually convert. Yeah. <laughs> like no one's had like, oh, I've had, you know, a five figure launch off these plug and play templates. Like, no, I've never heard that. Um, so like, yes, they sound quick and easy and solve that like short term problem, but they're not going to solve the ultimate problem of like actually selling your stuff. So um, I have templates that that I use that give me the framework of like a starting point. So I know exactly what, you know, options of what I can write for like how to introduce the sales page. I have a swipe file for, you know, 200 headline options that have worked that are proven. And then I look through those for inspiration um, and then customize it to make it work for, for that particular client um, or whoever I'm writing for. Um, I have like a swiping of calls to action. So if they are more direct of like buy now, get instant access or if they don't want to be quite so forward, uh, maybe it's more of like a learn more and see if this is right for you. Um, so it's just a range of like how aggressive they want to pursue. Um, and that's, there's no right or wrong answer there. It just depends on that client's style. So it just gives me a good range to, to work with examples of like I save sales pages that I really like or ones that have converted really well in the past. So I'm operating off of I've been proven to work proven to convert and I don't have to like it's less creative like I don't have to think of these things myself but I can know based on the data based on past evidence that um this stands very good chance of of working and knowing my industry so well um I know what you know like okay well everyone says that but like here's the part that is really unique to you. Let's emphasize this. Like this is really your unique selling proposition um, and to bring more to that. And that comes with the experience. So I start with like a template, hmm. but it, I really bring my experience into it as well as the client's unique voice and that combined together uh, helps me write it quickly, but also in a way where it's, it works, it converts, um, and it's a, it's really powerful. So I like templates because you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? Yeah. No reason to do that. Um, it's just like I have, I leave all the, it's like put, I put all the puzzle pieces on the table and then creating it, writing the sales page is just putting the pieces together. Mm -hmm. Whereas like if I didn't start with a template, it'd be like I have to like design the whole puzzle, cut out the pieces, like yeah. what, you know, you don't do that. Right. Yeah. So why would you do that with your writing? So the using a good template. And again, I like hesitate <laughs> to use that word because so many people have different connotations with it and they're often negative. Um, but using more of like a customizable framework, I think might be a better way to do it. I call it a kickstart. Um, because then you're not ever writing from a blank page. You have like, okay, I can just write, you know, the introduction or I can just write about the product. Mm -hmm. And if you take it one section at a time, rather than looking at this whole like overwhelming thing of like, it's a, like a long form sales page. How do I write all like 10 pages on a Google doc? Like how? Um, it's really overwhelming. And this breaks it down into, well, I can just do this chunk. And then that chunk 
because has your first draft and then, okay, I can do this chunk. And it's just much more manageable um, mm. and less overwhelming. Um, and just like, you just don't get writer's block because you have so many resources and you break it yeah. down into small pieces too. Wow. Yeah, I think that's pretty much explains a lot of things uh, to write in a faster manner. You know, just just touch upon one small thing is that um, in that whole context, uh, the one word which I kind of find it really hard for the people to get understand is that the originality. Like uh, they will say, you know, you have to write original content. You know, just in my words, I think original content, you know, per se can be like, uh, you know, Sometimes there are content already written. Like, you know, there's the people will say that, that there are only 49 original ideas, or something in the world. Everything is just taken from that. People say that, right? So you can't do another idea. Maybe you can find another word for it. But what is your actually ver version of this original copywriting or, you know, original content that's been written by people? That me, I mean, a new idea is fine, but something that's, you know, a competitor is doing then we just can't put, we just can't put different words, right? Or do you have any other version of what is this original content is all about? Yeah, so obviously you never want to like copy or plagiarize someone's work, but like if you're expressing the same idea, like I didn't invent how to like write a sales page, right? Like I learned from a mentor and my mentor learned from a mentor and my, that mentor learned, like, you know? Yeah. So everyone learned from somebody else, but when you explain it in your own way and put it in your own words, mm -hmm. then it's going to like the light bulb is going to go off in someone's head mm -hmm. because of the way you explained it um, versus the way someone else might've explained it. So if you think of like being in school, like maybe you really like this one teacher because of the way they explain things, but someone else is like, no, I don't like that teacher at all. I like this teacher and the way, the way they explain things. And like, it just different people are going to resonate with, different ways of you know explaining things and so it just comes down to like you're going to attract your people by when mm -hmm. you use your own authentic voice mm -hmm. and so i think when you are true to that and you're not trying to be someone else you're not trying to be you know that mentor that influencer that thought leader um, and you're really just being you and explaining it in your way from your background using your you know examples then it is original to you Hmm. Okay. I think original to you might be the major, you know, word here because I think people have to understand, like, you know, I, I, because I, I just had this one thing, like when we write some original content from our company, there's the same page that, you know, some of our competitors would have taken it. And I would be like, why? Why did he do that? <laughs> because, you know, that brings down the total originality that, okay, who is the person who actually wrote it first? So I think it's all about, you mm -hmm. know, to you more than, you know, to someone else, uh, at least while reading it itself. Yeah. Wait, uh, so Megan, uh, thank you so much for spending the time here and it's been really awesome. Uh, so tables turned, uh, is there anything else that you want to ask me? Ooh, <laughs> no one ever gives me that opportunity <laughs> on the podcast usually. That's a great question. Um, oh gosh. Um, I feel like this was such a thorough conversation. I feel like the, the questions were really great um, and a good conversation of like back and forth on like the AI and the blogs and, and like what does original actually mean? Um, yeah. Um, what's the number one thing that your clients ask for or like want out of your content yeah. or copy? Sure. So I think... Um... 
you know, we are actually a company, you know, working in the blockchain and AI spaces. And whenever we do writing, the major hurdle that, you know, I face while managing the content is that the correctness. <laughs> to be honest, you know, the blockchain and AI space has been growing really a lot. And we write a lot about metaverse and everything. And, you know, since it's kind of a very futuristic technology, um, based on someone's thought leaders, you know, a thought leader's uh, words can become true or cannot become true. So we always need to write mm-hmm. in this perspective that it can happen or it may not happen. Like whether Metaverse, right. you know, with Facebook, you know, will they evolve or will they die? It may or may not happen. We cannot make a statement very clearly. And that's something that I can, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in my industry, at least uh, need to be very clear. And I seen a lot of blogs saying that this will surely happen. I don't even know how they are writing it because I mean, how can you even be so sure that it will happen? Because <laughs> it's a very futuristic thing, any tech for that matter um so yeah i think that's the number one thing that you need to understand that uh no matter how much of an expert or how much of someone i mean unless you are bill gates or unless you are a zuckerberg who has <laughs> done you know decades of work that you cannot mention everything very clearly that okay this will happen no matter what uh we can always be speculative uh, that's why whenever i write content on linkedin i will say okay this is what's happening so this may happen this is my opinion I don't have, need to have an experience on it. I just have an opinion on it. So, yeah, I think that's one thing. A lot of things, uh, you know, we know while rating ads, I've seen people, you know, while I click the ad, I book the slot. When I ask them the question, I tell them that, you know, I saw this ad. You said you just can give an estimate in two days. Would it be possible for you to do that? We might. They will say, then why did you put that? You can't do that. Then why did you put that? So, yeah, I think that's that's one thing that... I really want, uh, you know, love to have the cooperators in, in their mind. So, yeah. 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 That's good. I think, yeah, people do that because they want like for their credibility, but then at, at the same time, it's like, well, you need to be humble and all truthful, like truth comes, you know, first in, <laughs> in anything really. So that's good. I appreciate that, that answer. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. That's a really good question. So <laughs> thanks so much for asking that. <laughs> yeah. Great. So, uh, Megan, so if people want to find you or your services, you know, what would be the best place? Uh, my audience would love to hear that. Yeah, the best is to, to um, probably connect with me either on Facebook or LinkedIn, um, uh, just under my name, Megan Catchigan, or my website as just MeganCatchigan.com. Got it. So, guys, I'll definitely leave the links below so you can definitely go and check them out. Uh, so, in case, uh, you know, if you, you just tell her that, you know, if you have gone through the one or any one of my links, please tell her that. I think she'll be very happy to hear that as well. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. So, awesome. Uh, thanks so much, Megan. And, uh, guys, I'll see you next episode. Thanks.